Today's TribCast is presented by AT&T. Senate Bill 1004 will generate new revenue for cities and improve wireless speeds for their citizens. Learn more at engage.att.com and the American Heart Association. Support House Bill 1908 to raise the minimum purchase age of tobacco products to 21. You'll save lives and keep tobacco out of schools. Learn more at act.yourthecure.org. Texas talking, oh, what was that that you said? Texas talking, I'm gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking, tell me who can you trust when Texas guys are Texas Hi, I'm Greg Hanscom, the editor-in-chief of Crosscut.com, a nonprofit news site in Seattle. We are huge fans of the Texas Tribune. Last year, we sent a couple of staffers to the Texas Tribune Festival, and they liked it so much that we're starting a festival of our own, the Crosscut Festival, next February. If you're in the Pacific Northwest, come check it out. And be sure to buy your tickets for this year's TribFest. It's going to be amazing. Enjoy this week's TribCast. Now here's your host, Aman Bathija. Thank you. This is Aman Bathija here with the TribCast for the first week Oh. Sorry, my script's wrong. <laughs> For a week in May, <laughs> I'm joined by CEO Evan Smith. The, the whole point of recording podcasts is that you can go back and edit. Todd, Todd will edit that later. That's fine. Uh, executive editor Ross Ramsey. Uh, howdy. <laughs> and demographics reporter Alexa Ura. Good afternoon. <laughs> we put our phones down. We're done. You know how the millennials are. That's we're off to a great goes. start. We're all, we're all off to a great start. Uh, we are Facebook living this podcast, which the governor's office says is where most people are getting their news nowadays. And that's why the governor's signed well, a bill Sunday. We should be recording the podcast at Sunday night at 6. Exactly. Right? When you got and a we should good not, audience. And not tell anyone about it in advance. In advance at all. He, so, got a pretty good audi- he, got, he had a pretty good audience. I don't know that we would. <laughs> this is unfortunately a case of I hate it, but they're right that the audience on Facebook is big. You know, we, we live stream events on our side or did for many years, and then we started to live stream events through Facebook. And the viewership on Facebook is actually quite a bit greater. Right, right, Bobby? Would you agree? Facebook engagement is higher? Yeah. Um, Bobby looks and nervous. Bobby's, Bobby's doing a bobblehead. Fa- you know, he doesn't want to piss off Facebook. But, but <laughs> you, get, you get more engagement on Facebook. You know, I, th- I, I, don't, I don't like it particularly. I don't. I don't like the idea of doing something under cover of darkness. Don't I thought get, it was smart as hell. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, don't you get more engagement if you also have news outlets streaming it on Facebook? I as think well? the news outlets did him a pretty good solid. I mean, everybody wrote about it. Well, everyone's gonna write about it anyway. Right. Right. So, so what they got was they got the same amount of coverage they were gonna get. They didn't have to put up with pesky questions from reporters. They didn't have to put up with protesters Pes- pesky and they didn't have well you know if they don't regard us as pesky i you know that's probably a story in itself but um and they didn't have to share the spotlight with any of those um bill people authors, down the, bill authors and, <laughs> sponsors who actually, and people who actually did the work people, that to me is the most interesting, interesting yeah, part about it because he could have called them and invited them over people do private all fit in governors the do private signings all the time but they usually invite – those are usually for the benefit of the authors and the, the people behind the authors, you know, the groups or, you know, activists who wanted a particular bill passed. 
They do that all the time. But, you know, if you want to get a bunch of publicity, do it on Facebook Live. And if you don't want any competition, get rid of your competitors. I think it worked. I'm, I'm remembering Rick Perry did a bill signing years ago, and it was right in the middle of everyone wondering whether he was going to run for president. And I, this proves my point. I can't remember the bill <laughs> that was signed, but every question was about whether he was going to run for president. And not a single question was about the bill he was signing. <laughs> That's the way of it. I mean, you get, you know, you get those, you, you've been to those bill signings a bunch where you sort of, you know, you wait through the sort of whatever on the bill and then they say, okay, are there any other questions? And then you can ask them about, you know, whatever the subject of the day is. There, there, I think this is a both end rather mm. than an either or. I mean, I, I'm sort of where Alexa is, which is the governor could have accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish using Facebook and also do it as a public event. Mm-hmm. You could ha- you can stream public events on Facebook if that's the mm-hmm. issue. Right. Right? The only way to take this is we don't want the press in the room. We don't want opponents to know that we're going to do this so there'll be protests to disrupt our right. tableau. Right. That's the only mm-hmm. difference right. between him doing it on Sunday and doing an open press event. I can acknowledge that this was smart politics for the governor's office and still hate it from the standpoint of transparency and accountability. It was a great publicity stunt. But I think mm-hmm. we're being outmatched or outgamed or gamed or whatever by the by people in public office at the moment, and I don't like it. I don't think it matters on this one. Um, I think, you know, they were going to say what they were going to say, and, you know, you were going to write what you were going to write, and those trains pass in the night. Doesn't a governor have to answer questions about stuff? Yeah, he does. But, Shouldn't you know, he answer questions about stuff? Sure, Does he, he answer questions about stuff? Um Apparently for Svitek, <laughs> as he calls him, right? You have to catch him at particular events. You ha- you get 10 seconds. He's not a particularly talkative governor, except with the groups that are inside. He loves talking to the insiders. He loves talking to the uh, constituents on his side and to, you know, I think Breitbart was in there for an interview right after that. Um but he only likes talking on his own channel, and he doesn't like talking across channels. Well, he doesn't want our filter is how their office put it, Yeah, that's it, how right? Matt Hirsch put it, right? Right. I mean, the filter is democracy. Well, the filter is also, <laughs> you know, I mean, give them their point. You know, if, if, if I want to tell I've a story— I've already given and it's them not their getting, point. I'm now to the point of the conversation where I'm no longer giving them their point. <laughs> I'm still giving them their point. What you're describing is what Donald Trump is doing on the national level. Right. Right. I mean, you know, this is the—you know, this has always been, always been a cat and mouse game, you know, where— you know, they want to talk past the people who are going to judge and examine what they say. And the people who um, analyze and examine what they say are always, you know, it, it goes back and forth. It's a cat and a mouse. Maybe we just shouldn't report the shit they do. Well, not, no, not report when they sign important bills into law? No. Because we weren't invited does for it, the bill signing. You're going to start a, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're joining the sports department? Is that what you're saying? Evan wants to right. do the Rockets was, and the Spurs. I was on your side until. <laughs> yeah, right up till. You lost yeah. me there. This week on the Pissed Off and Acting Like a Baby podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I acknowledge it sounds ridiculous. Not an actually believe what I just asked. But I do. But, you know, at a certain point, you ask yourself or we ask ourselves as an industry, what is the correct response or remedy to this? I think it's just continue to do good work and. And, and don't allow the fact that the system may not want to engage in the way that it did historically it, to dissuade well, us or distract us, right? And I think there's a difference between just repeating what someone says in a press release or during a Facebook Live and actually continuing to analyze and scrutinize what they're doing and what they're right. saying. Right. Well, I agree with that. I want to shift from how the bill got signed <laughs> into the bill. Oh, what bill was this? <laughs> was what were we talking about? Senate Bill 4, which will uh, let police... Uh, ask 
uh, people they detain or arrest about their immigration status and will punish elect local law enforcement that doesn't cooperate with federal immigration officials. Did I get all that? Is there anything else there? I think you got it. Okay. We're, we're not trying to do a better job, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the law goes into effect September 1st, assuming mm-hmm. there's no lawsuit that blocks it. There are already well, there lawsuits. Are. Well, no, that, that block it. <laughs> right. Well, he's assuming that lawsuits filed may not actually get traction, right? That's your, yeah, you're, or jumping, the, you're right. jumping past So right. I'm just kind of wondering what this summer is going to be like. Is it going to be like North Carolina last year with the bathroom? Are there going to be boycotts or protests, or is this not nearly as big a deal? Well, the ACLU already called for, you know, a travel ban on Texas, <laughs> right? Uh, the, I, think the, I think the biggest difference there is that business was so involved both in responding to North Carolina and in fighting off bathroom bill-related efforts in Texas, but they haven't really been very vocal on sanctuary cities this time around. They disappeared. You know, in 2011, the House passed a sanctuary cities bill, and business interests, um, you know, led by uh, Bob Perry, who has since died, the Houston home builder, and Charles Butt, the HEB magnet, um, those two kind of led the effort to kill it and killed it pretty quick in 2011. The Senate passed bills in 2013 and 2015 that the House didn't pass, but business has always played. And this time, as you say, they were involved in bathrooms, but not this. And it sailed through, and it's a stronger bill than ever passed anywhere. So you're thinking not too much activity, not too much protests or boycotts? Or? I mean, I think the biggest thing will be the lawsuits and whether mm-hmm. whether those hold up um, but on both ends. Because, you know, Paxton had his sort of decla- asking the court mm-hmm. to say Pre- it's constitutional. Pre- preemptive or proactive. Right. Right. Yep. right. They're um, going to be asking for TROs. Didn't Maldef and Lulac both? Well, there, and then there was a Lulac lawsuit yesterday, I believe, right. on behalf mm-hmm. of Maverick County and El Ceniso, close to my hometown in Laredo, mm-hmm. um, who are suing, saying, you know, we you don't actually define what a sanctuary city is and you're not – and we've been protecting our residents since, I think, 1999 was the year on one Now, of I'm them. correct that this bill does not go into effect until September 1st. Correct. Right. right. So the, why it are didn't people, get two-thirds. So why is uh, uh, – who's suing Travis County over non-enforcement of this law now when it's not actually a law being broken? Well, that's a good question that's for the AG. Good. I mean, right. don't you think the AG is, 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 is all up in the business of Travis County and Sally Hernandez and everybody else over something that is materially not – different than it was before the law passed because the law doesn't go into effect until September 1st. So what standing does he have to sue these guys now? Um, their track record, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> hold on. You, you, if, if, if it's not against the law yet to the point that you felt well, like you, you had can, to pass you can, a law. You can make an argument that it is against the law. The law is not clear enough, and you passed a law to make it clear but that under current law, you can still go after them. And that's obviously what they're doing. I have heard no, this is not about what you're saying, but I have heard no credible and defensible argument that Sally Hernandez or anybody else currently is, quote, breaking the law. It is not the law, which mm-hmm. is why the state passed a law. So what I can't understand is how do you sue over non-enforcement of a law that does not yet exist? That That's the part of the last couple of days that I've come out of this wondering. Well, and it also, Unless I just misread this, but I don't believe I have. And it runs into part of the LULAC lawsuit that you're not actually defining what a sanctuary jurisdiction yeah. is. So how do you enforce something that's not defined? You know, Ross and I were talking about this, the James Frank bill, 3859, just right. passed on third reading and mm-hmm. is now going over to the Senate. And I was saying to Ross how I was, you know, last night, one eye on the Spurs game and one eye on the debate over 3859, which passed. Like most lawmakers, I think. Right. The Spurs and, game was better. And passed, well, the, the, the at least the outcome of the Spurs game was not known. That's my point. Right. Is that, you know, 
we're going through this entire exercise here at the end where <coughs> everything is basically a party line vote. I mean, Feinzo, Vialba, and Davis voted against the bill, and Guillen and Canales and Oliveira voted the bill about, for the bill. Uh, this is the bill about adoption agencies? <coughs> Foster care, yeah, Foster adoption. It's, it's the bill that would allow faith-based organizations to deny services. The, the, re- the reality their is this, th- th- this, this session, as far as the big Louder. issues goes, is basically a nothing burger because we know the vo- – I mean, in some ways it's like they've redistricted, but only it's about legislation as opposed to voting. You know, the outcome of this well, election – What's the result quotes, of redistricting? The outcome of this is known before any of the votes are cast. It's yeah. no different than in the primary you know, or after the primary. We basically know. The James Frank bill never had a chance of not passing unless somebody came in with a procedural – there's a there are, there are a number of bills. Sanctuary there, cities. There, I mean, none of this stuff. As is there really, always are, there are a number of bills that if you get them to the floor of the house, they'll pass. They're going to pass. And the game is just keep them off the floor of the and house. The fact, bathroom bill is an ba- example. Even, of this. But, right. I, but I think actually bathrooms would have passed right if it got to the floor. Sure. But Simmons yeah. would have. Well, passed. it may yet. I mean, it, it's going to be an amendment to something. We're you not. We're that not done with yet. Some knowledge. Don't don't uh, tease us. What do you know? I think it's going to be a min- an amendment. To to, well, the transportation bill has been mentioned, the sunset bill on the Department of Transportation, which runs rest stops. Um, and, I mean, there are always hooks in bills. At the risk of Jason Embry listening to this and driving off of 130 and ending up in a ditch, <laughs> where the hell is the speaker? Well, I mean, isn't the fact that the bathroom bill, the the one that they're working on in the house didn't make it out of committee indicative of where he is on this i mean if the well, whole game points out it could still show back up as an amendment right, right but but they've already kept it from showing up as an amendment before. do you do you look at the byproduct of this session as it relates to business that's come out of the house and think this has been a good session for team strauss I think they've had a bumpy session, and yeah, I think I'm, I'm asking it without really having an answer in my own mind mm-hmm. with well, certainty. But we talked about this earlier, so I'm bringing it up in public. The you know I think they've had a bumpy session. You know they had they've had some wins. They killed vouchers pretty effectively uh, in the uh, budget by you know outlawing use of any state funds for subsidies to private schools. Did the speaker kill that? They have or did squelched. The issue, is the issue just an issue? Well, that was I mean, never if you're going to get through regardless, if you're going to if you're going to say. Look at where he, that amendment was in the budget. If you're going to blame him for the other stuff, you got to credit him for I'm the not blaming. You know, credit let me be very wins. clear. I'm not blaming him for anything. I'm asking. We had a question this morning at the at the uh, uh, event with Matthew Dowd. Right. Hasn't Dan Patrick had a bad session? And I, I immediately so. said, well, I don't know that I agree with the premise of this, that, mm-hmm. the, that the Senate has had a bad session or that Dan Patrick has. I'm flipping it around and asking, ha- candidly, has the Speaker had or has the House you know, had, by our standards, a good session? They're both coming out with some bruises and some wins. And, you know, the thing on Strauss is, you know, the place where he's sort of staked his territory, um, you know, to the extent that he did, was on this bathroom bill. And if, the, if they can keep that from so you'll, you'll getting the, to, the, to the floor of the House, it's then a win if, you're going to count that, that a win for him. Well, and this session and last session feels like Strauss has been playing defense and just trying to kill stuff like vouchers. And last session, you know, vouchers got killed, but— uh, uh, well, vouchers never even got to a vote. There was never even a procedural vote in the budget on vouchers last session. That was different from two sessions ago in this session is that they never even brought it up. Right. But, you know, campus carry passed at the end. It is a kind of a surprise. And I'm fairly sure Strauss was not supportive of that. You know, Strauss I'm has an interesting thing. You know, he's got, you know, um, he's representing the sort of, you know, silent wing of the Republican Party. You know, this was this was evidence of this is when he went to the Texas Association of Business early in the session and said, we're not going to prevail on this um, bathroom issue unless you raise your voices, because we're not going to be able to do it alone. And on the other side, Patrick, you know, has a loud um, Republican, you know, base 
that's demanding this bill. So the only place where Pat, where Strauss has been able to stand in this office has been, you know, when business stood up. Business didn't stand up on sanctuary cities, and the House got rolled. And, you know, they, the, the idea was the Senate's going to pass this a strict bill. The House is going to pass a lighter one. They'll work it out in conference somehow or another and, and try to get the governor a sanctuary cities bill. That's not what happened at all. Can, can the I House take passed po- its own version of the Senate bill, and the Senate bill, Senate said, okay, that's great. Send it to the governor. I'm curious about Alexa's point of view about this. I, I, I want to politely disagree with you that the House got rolled. What does that mean, the House got rolled? The House voted for the Schaefer well, the House, the House leadership. We were in the, the context bill. of Strauss. Right. right. Yeah. The House seems perfectly content to have passed what they passed. Otherwise, they wouldn't have passed it. Right. I think I think what's interesting there is there was clearly motivation to remove, to not have this language in the bill, in the House version of it, to not allow police officers to who, ask for who, immigration. Who was motivated by that? Or who was, I mean, who, wanted who had the, the, who was the sponsor? It was Garen. Who was Garen an ally of? Joe Strauss. Garen voted so, again, and Garen voted against ex- and, and so did most of Strauss's allies. Well, only, you know, only nine Obviously, they ultimately, they ultimately <laughs> voted for I said, I didn't say all of them. Uh, <laughs> but but, them but think about it. I mean, I think they ended up with a version that they didn't want. They ended up with a very divisive vote on the floor. And that probably, you know, I think the question is how many Republicans didn't actually want the vote. This is where I think Patrick is right about the House. You know, the House, okay, the House didn't get rolled. The House leadership got rolled. If you get the bathroom bill to the floor of the House, I think Patrick's right. I think they pass it. The game here is the game here. The game here to go back where I started. The game here is keeping things off the floor of the House that you don't want to pass. There are more than 60 Republicans who are co-authors of the Simmons Amendment. Or, or there are way more. There are 74 now. Okay, many now we're of up which, to 74? Well, many of which... It's almost up with medical marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, though, many of which signed up once it was clear the bill was dead. Yes, but the, not fact, dead, but, but the but fact the is there are 74. So if this bill really... If these 74 really wanted to pass... They could be on the floor of the House talking about it and saying we're going to hold up other legislation until this passes. They sure, could. but may, yeah. what I'm saying is they that could pull isn't a full that Stickland. what I'm saying right. is though isn't that indicative that they actually don't want it to pass, but they want some cover, so they're going to put their name on this bill that's not going to get to the floor. Yeah, but by the time this news gets back to their districts, they're going to say I was a co-author of the bathroom bill. They're not going to say, but I only became a co-author late because I didn't want it to well, pass. Well, that's what right. I'm saying. They're getting they're the get cover they it. need. It's yeah. really hard to explain that to a voter. The well, new voters don't give a crap all voters here as you were a co-author of the yep. bathroom bill i'm with you that's what i hear in, in some of these districts i want to switch switch gears a little stick with the house but everything else going on this week in the house there what? are lots of deadlines <laughs> <laughs> uh so first off it was i believe yesterday was kind of a crazy day with the local and consent calendar uh or was that monday the uh, that was yesterday Ooh, that was yesterday knows. yeah <laughs> and uh stickland made himself uh Jonathan Stickland of yes. Bedford, a Republican. Made himself very visible, uh, killing bills on a local consent calendar. Uh, can anyone talk about what happened there? Yeah, he went in and decided to uh, mess with some folks. And so I think it was 21 bills were either killed or withdrawn from the local calendar. There's two ways to do this. One is to present five names in opposition, and it's no longer a consent bill. It's then, you know, you've got five members who don't consent, so you kick it to the other calendar. The other way is to talk against it or on it or about it for 10 minutes. And when you get to 10 minutes in one second, it bounces off the calendar. So um, they made an attempt, and uh, they being in the person of Symphronia Thompson, the chair of the Local and Consent Calendars Committee, to revive these 21 bills in you know one kind of sweeping measure. And the 
Freedom Caucus, or uh, I, I guess in the person of Matt Rinaldi, came up and said, well, if you're going to do those 21 bills, do these bills as well. And Including list, the bathroom bill. Listed the bathroom bill, several so several um, anti-abortion bills, and um, Thompson said, I'm going to pull the whole thing down. So that's kind of where they left it. They uh, They adjourned for an hour. It was weird because they said, let's stop for an hour, and nobody left the floor. They stopped, they gaveled it out, and everybody went into these little clusters all around the room. So there were scrums going on about rules and things. They came back and sort of went through the day. Um, I think there's still a chance to bring some of those bills back. And I don't think that the bills Rinaldi was carrying are dead yet either. I got to say that Stickland and Rinaldi and those that group of people um, have gone to school on the House rules. And are you know have really stepped up their game they're much better at this than they used to be and they got the house in a box they got thompson they trapped her if you're going to save these bills you have to save our bills kind of looked at it and said okay okay so the p but again let me come back to the earlier question so is there is there interest on the part of the speaker or of the leadership in combating this Bill killing at the end. Where is the? I don't, where is, does the speaker even have because, that you power? Know, well, a bunch of people oh. were tweeting during. I was on a plane back from uh, the West Coast yesterday during all of the Stickland stuff, mm-hmm. and I was only able to look at Twitter because I couldn't watch the stream. And when so I kept pay he, some airlines seven dollars to watch this stuff. Oh, huh? I wish it were only seven dollars. <laughs> uh, it was a lot more than that. Um, but what I'm hoping, what I'm, I'm, I'm looking for in all this, in all this discussion, is. You know, there were these tweets yesterday that said basically the House has lost control of itself or the leadership has lost control of the House. They're, you know, that basically these guys have done what they've done. Is that a fair criticism? No, these guys are mastering the rules. They're right. doing, you know, a few years ago, this was everybody whining about Trey Martinez Fisher. Mm-hmm. Looks like, oh my God, he's been reading the rules. Oh my God. And then and it was Jim before Dunham that was, before that. And, and Warren Chisholm. Stickland is the new Prince of there's, Boo. There's always somebody who figures out. Many points of order. At the, at the it's not end really of, about points of order. At right. the yeah. end of this game, it's all about rules. And if you can play the rules, you know, adeptly, you can em- enable a minority. And this is where the power of the minority in the House is strong. You know, the, the smallest minority, the smallest loud minority in the House is the Freedom Caucus, not the Democrats. And they've been stomped and gutted every time they've done something. And they've gone to work on the rules and looked at this thing. And yesterday they won one. They're having a good mm-hmm. session? I wouldn't say it's a good session, but they're not getting, you know, they're a force to be reckoned with. That puts you in a place to bargain. That makes you a power. One of the other interesting things from yesterday was um, folks who are trying to get to some of these anti-abortion bills that are lower on the calendar actually complaining about Stickland and how long he was taking on the local and consent calendar because up against Thursday's midnight deadline, right. it's becoming less likely that they even get to those votes. Um, and, I mean, they were unhappy about what was going down. Well, we had a question from Facebook about the medical marijuana bill that made it out of committee. Is it dead? <laughs> Nothing's they dead while still, the legislature's in town. There, I've said Yes, but they are still on Saturday's calendar. And so, the, and so yesterday, calendar set the... <laughs> Calendars Committee set the calendar for Thursday, which right. uh, the midnight deadline there, why is that important? Right. You have to eat the leftovers before you can eat the fresh stuff. So as, as Alexa says, we're still on Saturday. You've got to go through the Saturday calendar and then the Monday calendar and the Tuesday calendar. If you're on a Thursday like calendar, you and Dan way down the like list. Analogy off. Oh, or that's yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Going to hurt a guy. If a frog had pockets, he would he would moderate a tripcast. <laughs> I can't play a lot of 
long. <laughs> English isn't my first language. You know who Dan Rather is? <laughs> I do know who Dan Rather is. Just, just make sure. Okay. Um. You have yeah, you just first in, first out. And so mm-hmm. we're on Saturday. You know, you're not gonna get to the Thursday calendar. At all? I don't think so. I think last year Chuck Lindell from the Statesman who keeps track of these sorts of things <laughs> says that last year they only got to the Tuesday calendar. Right. So if that's the any indication. Tuesday calendar was nineteen pages long. Nineteen pages of bills. You know, if they take ten minutes of bill, they're just they're still never gonna get there. Um, they'll go today probably till midnight. They'll go tomorrow until midnight. And then everything that was a House bill or a House joint resolution is either is is you know dead in that form mm-hmm. and can only come back as an amendment to a Senate bill. Um, and some things will come back as amendments. And, and as many things will, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you know, it's you know now's a time when if you can do anything to play with the clock, in other words, if you're adept at the rules, your power is increasing, and that's where. Groups like the Freedom Caucus have stepped in and started messing with the calendar. And what about the Senate? Is there no deadlines like that there? They don't really have rules in the Senate. They just <laughs> sort of have tendencies. Um, and and the Senate, you know, has the advantage of having, as usual, done a lot of its business early and is sort of waiting for bills to come over. And they're also in this weird netherland where, you know, because this is a House bill deadline, the Senate bill deadline isn't until the 24th. Until the House bills are out of the way, the Senate can't really play. So for the most part, senators are staying the hell out of the House. You know, let those guys fight without me, and we'll see you on Friday. When do we start seeing retaliation by the Senate against well, House bills for Senate bills not fr- getting traction in the Friday, House? Friday morning, it, we're back into Senate territory. Now we're playing only with Senate bills and conference committee reports. And, you know, you'll see the back and forth at a pitch next week about this time. When's the budget conference committee report going to be back I assume it's back, you know, early next week and up for consideration right after the Senate deadline in the House, which is the 24th. Okay. So next week's trip cast should be fun. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> It'll be all numbers. It'll be the math cast. It's got to be more fun than this one. <laughs> and on that note, that's all the time we have. <laughs> that's it? Uh, if you have questions or comments, email them to tripcast at trexastribune.org. And if you value the Tribune's nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom, please consider making a donation at support.texastribune.org. Thanks to Shiny Ribs for our Wait, music. And, and say buy tickets to the damn Tribune Festival. What he said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Texastribune.org slash damn Tribune Festival. No, it's actually just damn. It's texttribune.org slash festival. It's, it's your damn. website. It could be whatever URL you want. <laughs> slash festival. Google it. <laughs> Thanks to Shiny Ribs for our music. On behalf of Evan, Ross, Alexa, and our producers, Todd and Bobby, this is Amon. Thanks for listening. Texas talking. Texas talking. I'd be much happier if I could just slouch back. (laughs) Couch talk with Evan Smith.